what now? What do I do now in my life? What, where do I go? How do, how do I go there? And uh, I, I want to um, open up some thoughts around this. You might be in the moment. And I'm, when I'm saying what now, I'm not talking about uh, the, the decision-making, keys to decision-making around the, you know, should I have the Vegemite or the peanut butter on my toast? Okay, should I order the bacon and eggs or should I, have, or should I order the, the waffles? Okay, that, not that kind of decision, all right? Uh, God's, given you, God's given you a free choice and free will and, you know, he wants you to use that will and free choice on a daily basis. But I'm talking what now in terms of more so bigger decisions that we come to make in our life. And, you know, from early on, even in, in uh, school, kids will be starting to make decisions in grade 9 and 10 about the subjects that they need to choose for the career that they're going to go into. Man, in grade 9, I, had, I was clueless as to what I was going to go into. But you have those kind of pressures. What now? Uh, maybe yours, you're finishing school and you're in those first couple of years trying to work out, what are you going to do? Is it a career or uni, this job or that job? And you're like, well, what now? What do I do now? Maybe, maybe you're in a serious relationship thinking she might be the one, Keegan. What now? Good choice. Good decision. Well done. Uh, maybe you've finished university, uh, maybe you've finished a job you've, or some study, and you're at that point of going, where do I go? What do I, what do, I do in my career? What now? The list goes on. Where do, I, do we have kids? Do we have uh, one? Do we, do we stop at eight, for example, Jake and Christy? Or do we stop at that kind of level in our lives? Uh, what now? How do, how, do we, how do we go about this? Uh, where do we send our kids to school? Big decision. How are we going to do that? What about where should we live? Where should we buy? Should we buy a house? Should we not? Is it time to buy an investment property rather than our own house? What now? How do I make that decision? Should I start a business? Should I finish a business? Should I, should I do something different in that realm in my life? What now? Should I invest here or invest there? Should I change jobs, go back to work, join the workforce again? Should I go to uni? Should I pursue that dream? What now, how many people in your season in your life are at this moment are at a what now moment? How many people are at a what now moment? Okay, fantastic. So hopefully this will be very relevant to you right now. And then there'll be others of us who come to that moment and in your life at different points, you have those all what now moments. And I'm hoping today that I can give you a, what I would call a decision-making grid to look through this grid every time you've got to make a major decision so that it's not like, uh, you know, you need to come and, and, and kind of kneel on the altar and wait for God to just give you the exact thing you need in that moment. But He can help you, obviously, and I'm going to talk about a grid of God helping you make key decisions in our life. Is that cool? All right, I hope this helps people. I, I had a, just, just, I want to share this. I had a great moment this week. It was a highlight moment this week. I went to a, a restaurant where my oldest son works, and the waitress behind the desk uh, looked at me and said, and my oldest son is 20, uh, and his name is Jackson. He said, are you Jackson's brother? I'm like, oh, yeah, baby. This was, this was like, I jumped over the cow, I gave her a big hug. She's now my, you know, she became our best friend. We've had a home for dinner all weekend. It's just like an awesome moment for every, every dad. A terrible moment for him, awesome moment for me. And I hope that you can have some of those moments too. Totally unrelated. I just had to share that with you. All right. 
All right, what now? All right, let me just give you the entree to the main course. A couple of just on, little thoughts. Some little, little, you know, pork things and sliders, etc., just to get you started, okay? You'll be hungry by the end of this service. All right, the first thing is, don't make a major decision out of reaction or when you're emotionally depleted. Don't make a major decision about your life out of reaction. Well, they said this, and I'm really, if you're really annoyed, if you're really angry, if you're ticked off, or you're emotionally exhausted, it's not the time to make a life-defining decision in that state of mind right now. It's not the time. I know people who, who uh, were really uh, almost burned out, weighed down in their mid-50s, and they actually, uh, a couple of them were pastors, and they retired from their church. And they made that decision in a, in a really emotional state. And after six months off, I remember I was talking to them, they're like, we need a church to take on again. I'm like, well, why? Didn't you want to res- res- resign? Didn't you want to retire out of that? And they realized, no, we just needed a good break. We needed to emo- emotionally recharge rather than to make a lifetime decision in that state. I've met uh, parents who out of reaction moment in church have left a church feeling because of the reaction on the inside, because of whatever was going on, things didn't go the way they wanted to. And years later have not found a church and been able to not been able to find a church. But even more sadly to me, their kids have dropped out of a relationship with God because mum and dad made a reactive decision in a time of offense and it actually robbed them of their, st- their stability and their future. Don't make a major decision out of reaction or when you're emotionally depleted. That's the first one. The second one is if you're married or if you've got a partner, make your big decisions together. Make them together. It's, it's not just about his life and his career or her life and her career. It's about both of you. When you get married, the two become one. And so the decisions that you make need to be made together. Okay. Uh, Amos 3 verse 3 says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And Danielle and I have kind of made this, this, this pact, if you like. When it comes to major decision, if we're not in agreement, we're not moving. So don't move forward until you get in agreement. Now, don't bribe, coerce, or whatever to get them to come on your page. Okay, just wait until you're in agreement. Do you feel good about this? Do you feel good about this? Is this, is this the right decision that we're making? And get in agreement when it comes to major decisions. It will only hold you in good stead. All right. So that's just a couple of free uh, little entree thoughts before we get into the main course. And I'm going to give five things, five things that make the grid or the filter of making big decisions in our life. Major what now decisions. Are you ready to go? I'm not going to tell you the decisions that you should make. I want to help you make the decisions. All right. The first thing is keep the big picture in mind. The big picture. What's the, what's the end game? What, what, often when you make a decision, it's good to think, where do I want to end up? And let's work backwards from there. Where do I want to go? What, what do I want to be? How do I, what do I want my life to look like? I've got three questions that I think are really good to consider, big, big picture questions that will often help you determine whether you go this way or that way because of where they're going to end you up. So my, my three that I would filter through would be this one. Who has God called me to be? That's a big, that's a big picture question. 
So in terms of a job decision, a location decision, a, a who I'm going to marry decision, all sorts of decisions like that, who's God called me to be? And when I have that picture in mind, it will help make some, some of the smaller decisions a lot easier. One day, every one of us in this room are going to stand before God alone and give an account for our life. Alone. No one else will give an account for your life. We will give an account for our own life. And so I want that. That's to me, that's the big picture. Now, there's a lot of decisions that I make that, that aren't going to have a major impact on that, but there are some big decisions that I'm going to make, and that's the filter which I've got to look through. Philippians 3, verse 13 to 14, Paul says, I, I don't I count myself to having apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things are which behind and reaching forward to what's ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize, for the upward call of God, in Christ Jesus. There is an upward call for you. There is a higher call that God's got for your life. And sometimes it's higher than where you're currently thinking or looking. So look at the big picture of what God's got for you and let that determine the decisions that you make right now. And the second part of that, of the big, big picture, is who do I want to become? So it's not, often we're like, what, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? But the better question is, who do I actually want to become? What sort of person do I want to become? What sort of husband do I want to become? What sort of father do I want to become? What's, what sort of friend do I want to become? Because that will determine the decisions that I make. I have in my study a, a, a board and in the middle of it there's a circle and it says that it's my life goals. And my life goals actually determine a lot of my what now steps. Where I want to go, who I want to become. And in the middle of it is, I want, to be, I want to have an intimate relationship with God and everything to flow out of that. That's what I want to happen. So if I'm going to face a question that's going to take me out of the best place to have that great relationship with God, that, that question, the big picture, will make that decision for me. Because it's who I want to become. Where am I going in life? All right, let's keep going. Um, what about this? Who has God called me to walk with? Oh, this is a good question. This, this is the big picture. I believe that God has uniquely wound my destiny up with a group of people. And it's in our individual society, our society says, well, you just pursue your dream and follow your path and do your thing. But I actually believe that a lot of my destiny is not, is not locked up in me. It's locked up in the people that I'm surrounded by. There's people that God has called me and he's called you to walk along beside. And as I walk along beside them, I'll find that my destiny unfolds. So the big picture question is not, not just what am I going to do now, but who am I going to be connected to? I look at the life of Jonathan in the Old Testament and, and his father was Saul and he was a king and God came along and took his blessing off King Saul because of all the, the insecurities and the bad decisions and the selfishness and so he was not doing things God's way and his son Jonathan realized he wasn't going to become the next king but David was. And, and Jonathan had this choice at that moment. He had a, a blood connection to his father that he needed to honor but God's blessing was coming upon David. And the Bible says they had a very strong friendship. 
But the problem was Jonathan was unable to break away from an old relationship which where his past was to, to lock in with loyalty to the new friendship where God's future was. And Jonathan's life was actually cut short on a battlefield fighting for his dad when he actually probably needed to leave that behind and run with Jonathan. And then maybe one day when Jonathan, David was tested with Bathsheba, Jonathan would have been there going, you idiot, what are you doing? Maybe David's destiny and Jonathan's destiny were locked together, but because he was unable to make the link to where his future lay, he missed out on everything that God had for him. Not just what's now, but who are you called to live your life with? I believe one of the great decisions that you make in your life is the, is the local church where God plants you. And so a question I'll always ask someone, sometimes, sometimes young people come along to me and go, I want to move out to so-and-so and I want to, I want to start this, I'm going to get this job in this place and I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to do all these things and it'll set me up for life. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But let me ask this question, who are you trying to become? And is there an atmosphere in that place that's going to help you become that kind of person? Because I've watched... Young marriages fall to bits when they lose their support network. I've watched young people chase dreams in different places and because they got away from the who God's connected them to, things almost went to custard and some of them have got back to the place God's called them to be with and he's been able to piece it back together. Who are you going to become and who are you called to live with? And that's the big picture of your life. And you'll find if you can keep that. Now, that doesn't mean you, don't, you can't relocate in different seasons of your life and God's into that. That's, that's not a guilt to be locked into one place. The question is, make sure that's on the grid when you're making a big decision. Okay? That's the big picture. That's number one on the grid when we're doing this. So we're doing okay this morning. Number two, okay, and this, this might sound obvious, but it's quite, it's quite powerful. And it's this, surrender to God's plan for your life surrender to God. God's got a plan for your life. He's got a pathway for you to walk on. He's, got a, he's, he's wired you up for a destiny. And so the surrender thing is actually quite powerful. Surrender is where I lay down my personal agenda. I, I, and I go, you know what? Some, some, some people's agenda in life is to become famous. Can I suggest to you that that's probably not God's number one plan for you? It might be a byproduct of you living God's plan for you. But if that's the agenda driving the decision, then that's not the right agenda to be famous. Some people have this, you know, and sometimes you can make kind of a vow as a younger person because you hear someone say something and it locks inside of you and you make this vow, oh, I want to be retired as a, as a multimillionaire by the time I'm 30. And then that becomes like this thing that's almost above God's plan for your life. And you head in that direction, but God's coming along going, no, no, I want you to surrender. I want you to surrender. The lordship of your, of, of, um, your life is my plan for you. I've got great plans for you. Will you, will you surrender to it? This is, and this is what I found. I love this. I got, I got taught this by one of my, my, my pastors years ago, and they said this, God doesn't always fulfill your dreams, but he usually exceeds them. 
He doesn't always fulfill them. So, you know, you might have it all planned out, written, you know, the, the, long, the long plan, you know. Uh, Keegan, you're fortunate that Katie didn't have it all worked out when you popped the question. She didn't go, awesome, because I've set a date next year and I'm wearing this and you're going to do this and we're all going to do this because I've got it all worked out. No, 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 go on the journey together. That's awesome. Surrender. Don't try and work it all out. Here's the thing I've found. Often when you're, you're uh, getting wisdom from God, He doesn't reveal the pathway but he reveals the next step. He just, he, and you're like, okay, God, I'm surrendered. And he goes, how surrendered? He goes, I'm really surrendered. He goes, okay, I'm not going to show you what, what your future is. And you're like, no, you have to. That's in the book, isn't it? Somewhere about the plans that you have for me. It's like, yeah, I know I've got plans for you, but there's nowhere it says that I've got to tell you the plans. And so sometimes your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Sometimes the light's not on. He's just like, this is the next step. You do this right now, and then this is the trust exercise of you surrendering to me, God's ultimate plan for your life. I love it in James where it says this, James 4, 13 to 15. Come now, you say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city. We'll spend a year there, buy, sell, make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. I'm surrendered to the will of God. I'm surrendered to his plan for my life. As a young, uh, a, a young teenager living on a farm, my dad got me with this because I would, I would come up with plans and schemes all the time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to start this business as a, as a teenager. And my dad, he ended up, he learned how to trump me with it. He'd just go, that's interesting. That's good. Have you prayed about that? I'm like, oh, he's got the pray card. What's going on with that? Have I surrendered it to God? And so many, and I'd say 99 times out of 100, the surrendering process, just let it go. Sometimes surrender looks like this. Just sit on it for a while. Just sit on it. And if you're like me and get new ideas all the time, if, if it doesn't last, it's okay. It was just a little bit of a phase, but you surrendered it. You sat on it and you let it go. This is what Proverbs 19.21 says. There are many plans in a man's heart. Many plans. But nevertheless, it goes on and says, the Lord's counsel, that's what will stand. Not your plans and ideas and schemes, and, but God's counsel. So surrender to his counsel. Surrender to his advice to you. So this, that's number two, surrender. Don't, I've watched people uh, make decisions out of a sense of trying to prove themselves. My dad said this and I'm going to prove him wrong. My teacher said this and I'm going to prove them wrong. And it's almost like, or, or my, my, my dad or my, a person of influence said this and I therefore have to do it. And it's coming out of this internal place, but it's not surrendered to God. Make it a big decision out of a place of surrender to God. It's quiet in here this morning. I think we're helping people. That's okay. All right, the third one is get wisdom. Number three, get wisdom. Oh, wisdom, by Proverbs tells us, is the principal thing. So the, there's multiple ways to do wisdom. But, but getting wisdom, it doesn't just mean that, that you go, God, should I, should I do that? And then God says yes or no, and then you just do it, okay? Often the way that God guides you and he guides your steps is you, you look at something and you consider it and you do the research and you do the due diligence 
and you think it all through. You count the costs of what that would look like. And after you've done the due diligence and after you've written out the pros and cons and after you've, you've given it some weight and you've thought about it and after you've talked to the right people about it and you've got wisdom from the right people, after you've done all of that, you, you weigh those things up. And sometimes in the process of getting wisdom, something just becomes obvious that's not the right way to go. It's not like a voice from heaven said, don't do it. God just gave you common sense and wisdom and you pursued wisdom. And in in the pursuit of wisdom, God lights up the path or closes doors. What What does that look like? How do you get wisdom? Well, wisdom comes from making mistakes. Okay, so there's a lot, there's a few ways to get wisdom. I can plow on and make mistakes and get some wisdom. And by the time I'm 90, I've got a little bit of life wisdom together. Okay, that's, that's one way. Or I can work out that God puts people in my life who are wise people, who maybe have learned from their own mistakes, and therefore if I ask them, I can learn from their mistakes, avoid living out their mistakes, and then I can save a whole lot of time and pain because I've asked people. But there's an even higher level of wisdom. The higher level of wisdom is not necessarily from people's experience. It's from the one who created us, the one who made us. And his, his word is filled with wisdom. So I can study the Bible. And the Bible has got so many principles of wisdom that will help me when it comes to making decisions that I don't need a word from God about the decision. I just need wisdom. Uh, I like to get people around my life. The Bible, Proverbs tells us to walk with the wise and you'll become wise. Great question here in terms of your future is if you show me your friends now, I'll show you your future. If you're new to your faith and you're like, I'm trying to stop, you know, uh, smoking pot and I'm trying to stop uh, doing, hanging out and doing these sort of things, well, the question would be, well, are you, what are your friends like? And if your friends are doing all the sort of things that you don't want to be doing and you want to be a full-on Jesus follower... You want to follow him with all of your heart. Well, here's the thing. You just need to get a new group of friends. You need to find it. You need to go to next week's Next, ste- next Steps session and, lo- and learn all about how to live your best life. And in that, you'll find about all these different groups around the life of our church where you can make friends who have got wisdom and are going in the same direction as you and who will walk with you in wisdom. And you can leave your past behind and connect to the right people. You'll find that God's got some people. Uh, Proverbs 15.22 says this, Plans go wrong for lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. Proverbs 19 verse 20 says this, Get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. Just find out. And this, this is how I normally try to do it. I go, all right, who do I want to become like? in that particular area of my life, who have got the character and fruit that I would like in my life. So for example, I'm not going to go, if I've got a business and I want my business to go well, I'm not going to go to someone who's got a fantastic business, but whose home life is terrible because they've laid that all down. I'm looking at a holistic approach and going, I want someone who's, who, whose home life's good. I want someone whose spiritual life's good. I want, and, and their business is good. So I'm looking holistically. And then I'm going to go and ask them questions and I'm going to watch what they do and I'm going to be that Christian stalker getting around them, finding out some wisdom for their life. Not quite, but you know what I mean. 
I'm going to ask, I'm going to get around those kind of people because I'm going to get wisdom. And sometimes someone who's further down the track, this is, this is why it's great to have, I love the principle of spiritual oversight. I love, I love personally being, having, uh, having my pastor, and for Danielle and I, it's Pastor Phil and Chris are our pastors at this stage. And so there would be times we would just sit down, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think about that? And in that moment, I'm not looking for them to tell me what to do. I just want to get their readout on that situation, either from their experience or secondly, because I know they love me and care for me. And I'm asking them just to say, does that sit well with you? It's just simple. If they go, oh, then I go, oh, and I back off it a little bit. But if they go, ah, that sounds good. I took, we took Pastor Phil and Chris to Power Road when we looked at it. This is all, everything we're looking at. And they're like, this looks awesome. This looks really good. I get excited looking at it. For me, that's just one of the parts of the picture that help put together making big decisions in my life. Helping anyone here today. All right, the, the fourth one. All right, and this is, this is pretty obvious, but it's again, it's after surrendering, you seek God. Seek God. I love about David. It's, there's numerous times in the Bible that it says, Therefore David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. He was a brilliant strategist, a brilliant, brilliant warrior, but often when he was in a difficult situation, he inquired. He said, God, what do you think? God, what's your perspective on this? God, how do I track on this? And as you pray, the Bible tells us this, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. You'll find this. And when I'm, again, making a big decision, I'm praying, I will pull out the things that God said to me. So it might be, I've got you know, a group of prophecies that have been over my life. I'll listen to those and let those be the filter because that's what God's spoken into my life. I'll look at the, the, the promises that I've received from the Bible and I'll let them wash over me. And I'll, I'll keep saying, Lord, would you speak to me? And I'll think about the pictures that God's given me. And I'll just keep coming and saying, Lord, I'm really, I've laid down, whether it's this path or that path, I'm no longer emotionally vested in either because I've surrendered it, but you know the right way. When I've surrendered, you know the way, and I'm praying, God, give me wisdom. God, show me. Sometimes as I do that and I'm reading my Bible, a verse will come alive and it'll just be exactly the direction that I need to take in that moment. Other times, someone will text me or say something. It's like, oh, God, you're answering me in that moment. Or other times, and then this brings me to the last point, so I'm seeking God. Or other times, the ultimate thing on the inside, because I'm praying, the bigger the decision, the longer you need to spend waiting on God over it. Fast, seek God, get His perspective on it. The bigger the decision, the more weight you need to put on it, okay? And in that component, so here's the fifth one. So of seeking God, let peace be your umpire. Let peace. So you're praying, you're seeking God, you've, you've laid down your personal attachment to something, you're, you've recognized that maybe God's dream is higher than my dream. You're delighting yourself in God, you're putting Him first, thinking big picture. But ultimately this, it says this, uh, Colossians 3 verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule. So often for me, this, it can come down to this, bearing in mind we've talked about agreement. And if we get a keyboard to start now, that would be great. Thank you, Lisa. It comes down to this. I'm thinking of doing this, and I'm praying about doing this, and it all lines up, but something on the inside just will not sit down. What is that? 
What, what's, what's that unsettledness? Sometimes, and this is why it's so powerful for there to be two of you, because sometimes, often husband, in our situation, maybe different in yours, is quite pumped about a particular thing and wants to move in that direction and is a little bit emotionally invested in it. And so he's like, oh, I've laid it down. God, we're praying together. We're seeking you. And then she is like, it sounds good, but mm, I've just got to, mm. it's just, it's just, I can't explain it. You're like, oh, don't, please, don't, don't, don't. I can't explain it to me. And there's this safety component when there's two of you and one of you doesn't have peace about it. That's actually when one of your spiritual leaders doesn't have peace about a decision you're making. That's the safety net for you. Just praying, waiting. You got this peace and, you know, you can be so invested in it. And you're, and you're like, oh, I, I had this as a, at university years ago. It's my second year. I was doing an accounting degree, business degree. And I had this opportunity to come up to work in a CPA office. It was, a, it was a great opportunity. It was exactly, if you were on the career path, that was the opportunity. And I was going to work part-time and work at this place. And I had the interview. And I'm in church. And my head says, that's the right decision. But my heart just cannot settle. My head says, this is the career path. My heart's like... <laughs> And I'm conflicted and torn. And I, I remember the service. I, I don't actually remember what was preached about, but there's this one little line, and he might not have even said it, but this is what I heard. And it was the, the concept was that your, your calling is higher than your career. This, that, that was just the concept. And I remember sitting on the, altar, on the front seat at the end of the service, weeping, because I just go, okay, God, I'm not, I don't have peace on that. I'm letting it go. I'm putting calling as my highest thing. And just the relief that came to me in that moment. Lay down that because there's something higher that I don't understand. It wasn't like God gave me a big vision for the whole pathway. It was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, that's not it. And then just keep pursuing you, Lord. Just keep going, finish my degree, just, uh-huh. It's like, okay, uh-huh, mm-mm, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-mm. Sometimes that's as simple as it is, and one of you is getting it. Someone around your life you trust is getting it. But that's because God's vested in your future. He's vested in your future. Can we close our eyes together right now? Five things in the grid of big decisions. What's the big picture? Who's God called you to be? Who do you want to become? Who's he called you to walk with? Two, just surrender. Lay down your own agenda. Three, get wisdom. Do your due diligence. Get the right people around your life, the advisors, the counsel of wisdom, people who you admire and would like to replicate their life. Four, seek God. Pray about it fast. Inquire of God and ask Him to light up the path. And five, let peace guide you on the inside of making that decision. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room right now who are facing that moment. There's uncertainty around it. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, for guidance and for clarity, for you to light up the path, 
for there to be such a sense of peace and wisdom flowing to people. Lord, in some situations, I feel like you just say, it doesn't matter, you just decide, that's okay. But there's other situations, Lord, and it's an important decision that has long-term effects. Holy Spirit, whisper right now. Whisper right now. Whisper right now.